0: life today? Oh, you know, I'm
1: living, so that's a good way to start my day and live life.
0: That is a good way. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your hosts, Corinne and Sabrina. Yes. I'm Corinne, and that's Sabrina. I'm Sabrina.
1: But we confuse you every time.
0: Every time. I... I had plenty of audio equipment issues last week, and I'm hoping, because I, I met with our audio technician, John, <laughs> and he set me up with some new stuff while well, I purchased it, and he just set it up for me and taught me how to use it. And I hope to God that this works, mostly because this setup allows me to lay in bed and record, because I can hold the microphone. I was going to say, it's weird to see you with a microphone in hand. I like it. There's no stand. It's just me and the mic.
1: And then me across the country, and hopefully no ghosts this week.
0: Lord help us if there are. How was I? Speaking of ghosts, so much to tell you. You went to Winchester Mystery House. I did. So Friday
1: was Friday the 13th, April 13th. And as we had mentioned in one of the episodes, I think it was episode 31 when we talked about Winchester Mystery House, but we had like thrown out the idea of me going. And road tripping up for Friday the 13th. And I was like, yeah, like that's a great idea. But then I didn't really plan anything. And then the week, last week, I was like, oh my gosh, why don't I do it? So I did it. And so Nick and I woke yeah, up at 5.30. You decided 530. Like two
0: days before. I like to be spontaneous. Or last minute. <laughs> whatever whatever you want to call it. I'm not
1: a big planner. But so Nick and I drove up at 5.30 in the morning on Friday. And got there around 1130 and just walked around the courtyard of the house. And it's, it's so surreal having like seeing something that you've talked about and seen and heard so much about, but when you're actually there, it's just like this really surreal feeling and it's a beautiful house. And it's crazy because I imagined it in this like neighborhood with other houses next to it, but it's just next to like a mall and this business office called like Splunket.
0: I don't know. Yeah, so it has this like weird out of place feeling to it already. It was so huge. I've only looked at pictures of it from the front when I like plopped myself down on the Google Maps on the Street View. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize how far back it goes. Yeah, it's massive.
1: And it just it's just so pretty cuz like it has a beautiful courtyard and all these plants and trees and flowers and it's very well maintained. Did you have any um, weird feelings? Yes. So Nick and I did the Explore More tour. So it's the mansion tour at first. And then you go on another tour, which is like Explore More and you wear hard hats and go into like the basement and kind of lesser seen places of the mansion. Right. And when in the first tour, we... We're just going through the house and getting a little facts, like facts of the house, and learning things. Which I have to say, Corinne, you did an amazing job of nailing everything because there wasn't much that I learned. There wasn't much new information
0: that I learned. That is such a compliment. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I will. I will tell you a few things that I did learn, which I thought okay. were really fascinating. But so we're going through the house, and there were just a few rooms that I like. You'd walk in and you felt, you felt, oh, like like, a little overwhelmed, and I got lightheaded in a few places, Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking to myself in my head, like, oh, I shouldn't tell, like, I'm not going to mention this to Nick because he's going to, like, roll his eyes or, like, laugh at me, but the second we get in the car and we're leaving, he goes, so, uh, I felt really weird in some of those rooms, and I was like, oh my god, you did me too, (laughs) (laughs) um, but we didn't see anything, um, it was more of just a feeling, i was reading a little bit afterwards just dane the one of our friends who we went to meet up with in san francisco had a book actually about haunted places in california and in the winchester mystery house section it was saying that the psychic actually told her she had good and evil spirits following her and that the good ones wanted to protect her and the good ones are the ones that she would talk to during the seances
0: was it the good ones or were they bad ones posing as good ones to make contact uh, who knows
1: who knows? But they ring the bell at 12 a.m. midnight to summon the spirits. That's when she started her seance. And then at 2 a.m. again at the end of the seances. The one thing I do want to tell you is, so you know how like they, they sell the house, the idea of the house that it's this like big mystery and she built staircases to the ceiling and they go nowhere. And actually, the, this is the fact that I learned that I thought was like the, the, it was the one thing that I learned that I was like, oh, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. So in 1906, there was a big earthquake in, I think it was felt from Oregon all the way down to Los Angeles, and it destroyed a lot of the house. And that's why it's now only three stories rather than the seven stories. So when the earthquake happened, the seven stories kind of like collapsed in on the house. So they did this like cake, cake effect where they just sliced off the top four stories of the house and repurposed and like made a roof. So that way, so the stairways that go up to the ceiling, they used to go to other floors, oh, but they just okay. didn't because we talked them. about in the
0: episode where we covered it. We talked about the earthquake and how that affected the house, right. but I never learned that that they have yeah. the. I mean, there are other spots in the house <laughs> that make absolutely no sense, but the staircase is one of those ones totally. that everyone talks about, and I didn't realize exactly. that it was kind of like a mistake to make it like that,
1: right? She, just, she was just very resourceful as well, and, like, she just, instead of, like, taking out all the staircases, she's like, let's just leave them. Like, why why waste our time taking those out, Well, you because know? the
0: point for Sarah was not to renovate and make things look differently. It was to just keep building.
1: Yeah. And then also after the earthquake, she, because of the earthquake, she felt like it was a sign from the spirits telling her that she should no longer focus on the front half of the house. So the front half of the house is really badly damaged still, and like has never been rebuilt because it still has the the original damage from that earthquake in 1906. So like the wall is very like is you can see the wood paneling, you can see wallpaper chipping off, you can see like these slants in the way that the foundation has shifted. She just and she just like closed that area off after the earthquake because she thought it was a sign from the spirits. Man, oh man. Yeah, it was really fascinating. I loved it. I re- And I was so bummed because uh, I posted those pictures on the Facebook group afterwards. And this woman, Erin, posted that she is a freaking tour guide it. at the house. Too bad you weren't in her group. I wish. I know. I wish I had known because I would have said hi or at least tried to be in a group. But
0: next yeah, time. Next time. So many other haunted places to time. go tour. Speaking of, we have so many spooky stories to yes read. we do because this is an encounters episode encounters.
1: Right, i have such a gravelly voice right now because i've been coughing for <sighs> I two think weeks you have bronchitis. <clears throat> it's very possible um
0: so the whispers are a little difficult for me today well, sorry don't, guys don't try it's cool to say like oh you have a profession where you have to take care of your voice now Oh my gosh. I'm going to drink lots of tea and honey today. Um, I'm, I'm on I'm vocal on rest. I'm on vocal rest. I really... <laughs> oh, I finally saw um, A Quiet Place. And now I I've always wanted to learn American Sign Language, but now it's making me want to learn even more. And the moment that I have free time in my life again, I'm going to start learning it because... I really want to. Yeah. But when I was, I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the movie and I was out in the lobby and I realized I was silently and slowly tiptoeing to the bathroom. And then I was like, wait, what am I doing? I'm not in this movie. I don't need to survive and be quiet.
1: Well, that's what I thought was the coolest part of the movie is that you, you feel
0: like you have,
1: like every sound you make is hyper analyzed, and you're like, oh my God, I can't even take a bite of popcorn.
0: And and you realize how loud people are in movie theaters normally. Even just sitting back down on in my seat after i went to the bathroom i was i moved so slow the people behind me were probably like sit the fuck down so we can see but i moved so slow and just <laughs> like, so quietly went back into the chair yeah So i didn't want it to make any squeaking noises because i didn't want the
1: monsters to get me i know i've never had that feeling in a movie theater before where
0: you feel so aware it was surrounded. a great movie everyone should go see it wow
1: um do you want to read first do i want to read first i will yeah you read first i've been talking too much
0: Okay, I'll give you a little break. This one's a shorter <laughs> one. This is from Zachary. Hey there, I've got a few stories I'd love to share with you guys. Here's a quick story. If you would like to hear more of the stories, I'd love to share them with you. And I responded and I was like, uh, yes. Duh. Thank you. We want to hear all of them. While I was stationed at RAF Mindle Hall in the UK, I had several paranormal events take place within my room. This is one of the more prevalent of those events. For months, I began having what I can only explain as an out-of-body experience. Each night, I would wake up and I would be looking at myself sleeping in bed. The first few evenings, I wasn't able to move far. I was only able to stand there watching myself sleep. As the nights went on, I was able to move throughout my room and eventually I was able to make it to my kitchen. (sighs) After waking up from each of these episodes, I would feel completely drained of all my energy, and I would feel dizzy and lightheaded. The final night that I experienced one of these episodes, something went wrong. When I returned to my body, I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't say a word. Everything around me was completely black. Out of the blackness floating above me appeared a figure. It had long, black, wavy hair, in a black net-like veil over its face as it forced me to look straight at it. I began to see its facial features, a paper white face with two dark pockets of black where the eyes should be. I struggled to break free from its grasp for what seemed like an eternity, and finally I broke free. The months leading up began an onslaught of paranormal activity you would like to hear. Thank you. Zachary. Oh my gosh i was like um have you ever seen the movie insidious because it honestly sounds like something creepy and dark is trying to take over your body when you're astral projecting when you're in that vulnerable spot oh my gosh that sounds exactly like the movie yes and movies are based on reality you guys these thoughts (laughs) are within us they even if you don't remember them they could be from a past life right it could be planted in your mind yeah, I, well, okay, first of all, I think it's really cool that he
1: is able to astral travel and then also that he like could slowly f- function within it and understand it. But then how does this figure know he can do this? Like, is there like in a, in, an, in Insidious, is there like this other world where like the astral travel people all exist?
0: I don't know. Or you, maybe there's different planes and sometimes you accidentally enter into this plane that brings you in contact with these awful, awful beings. It's so scary. Yeah. And
1: I, it's cool. It's, an, it's a really cool skill to, to have, I think, just in terms of like the, in theory. But if it's going to lead to, to such negative things, not only a creepy woman with no like dark black eyes hovering over you but also you're completely drained the next day and lightheaded and have no energy like is
0: it really worth it well i don't think he was trying to astral project i think sometimes it accidentally happens like the one time it's happened to me where i've had an obe i had no no control over it and my it's happened to my mom too before where she's had these out-of-body experiences where like you there's certain feelings that come on right before you're about to have it and sleep paralysis is one of those feelings but it also feels like the way I can describe it it feels like someone's pushing down on you like almost like you're sinking but I feel like it's actually just your spirit rising and you're leaving your body which makes you feel like your whole body is sinking because you're pulling away and then it's also just it almost seems like you're underwater, but it's so loud. Like, you can't really hear. Everything's muffled, but it's also so heightened at the
1: same right. time. I mean, we've referenced before, this before, but the way you're describing it reminds me exactly of the scene in Get Out when he's hypnotized.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I can't speak yeah. for everyone, though, because it's only happened to me once that I can remember that I'm aware of, but... Right, it's just so scary and fascinating that, like, you can't control it totally. And it almost makes me wonder, because we read a story, I don't know how many episodes ago. In the past two episodes, that one girl had witnessed her boyfriend walk yeah. his, his soul, walk away, and he had seen his deceased brother that night. Right. It makes me wonder if when we have these contacts, when we think we're having dream visitations, if we actually are astral traveling and just not even realizing it. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't but know. to wrap up Zachary's story, uh-huh. his birthday is August 26th, <gasps> which is my birthday. Birthday twin. Yes, you guys are birthday twins. I love It's one of those
1: small pleasures in life, finding people with the same birthday as you.
0: Yeah, there aren't. Yeah. There, it's so weird that there are certain birthdays that have so many people born on those particular days. Well, I wonder if there's, like, a specific holiday that those people were conceived on. I always love thinking back to, like, the
1: conception date. Like, maybe they're all, like, Valentine's Day conceived babies.
0: My birthday is August 3rd, and my brother's is July 18th. And there was nothing special happening nine months before, but my parents both said that they wanted kids born in the summer, so we were, like, extremely planned. Oh, yeah. I was not. You were surprised? I think all of us were surprises. (laughs) Well, you guys are spaced out pretty evenly in terms of ages.
1: Well, no, my brother was definitely more of a mistake than my sister and I were, but they wanted a boy, so they got him. (laughs) Congrats, parents. Okay, do you have a story? Okay, yes, I do. Okay, so I wanted to read, um, there's a podcast called Wine and Crime, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners know about. And they have been super helpful to us in terms of answering questions, and they're so nice, and we love their podcast, and two of the three Wine and Crime gals shared their stories with us. So I'm going to read them real quick. Okay. Okay. So this one is from Lucy. In 2012, I found and purchased a Victorian post-mortem portrait from a thrift shop. It showed a deceased boy, maybe four years old, sitting in a chair surrounded by his family. I had done some research on this trend from the late 1800s before and was super excited when I found one in a bin of old photos. It was $2. I displayed the photo on a shelf in my dining room next to a bunch of other weird stuff. One night, I was home alone and just getting into bed for the night. The lights were off and I was falling asleep when I heard a crash in the dining room. I assumed it was one of my two cats knocking something off the table, so I turned on the lights only to see both of them, tails puffed, looking freaked out and staring into the dining room. Ooh, I went in and I saw the photo face down on the floor. The crash had been the Chinese dice that were sitting in front of the photo, propping it up on the shelf. Like there was no way the photo could have, would have tipped forward on the shelf and knocked itself and the dice off the shelf, off the shelf on its own. I was sufficiently creeped. I picked up the photo and set it on the table and was just going to leave it there until morning when I can do more investigating when I'm not alone at 11 PM. I went back to the bedroom, closed the door, and was once again drifting off to sleep with my eye mask on over my eyes, and I felt someone on the pillow next to me, which wasn't alarming because my cats always sleep next to my head. But I lifted my eye mask to see which cat it was, and there was no cat in the room at all. (laughs) So I'm beyond creeped out now, and I said, please go away, and I wrapped myself, my entire self, in the comforter and eventually somehow fell asleep. The next day, I called Charles, the psychic, to ask him what the fuck is going on. He had told me it was the mother's energy stored up in the photograph, that she had had that photo on her bureau for the remainder of her life, and it absorbed all of her grief. She may have been upset that I had this photo on my shelf of oddities when it meant so much to her. So she flung it off the shelf. Charles also said that it was the boy who climbed into bed with me because he was scared. So then obviously I felt bad for telling him to leave. Aww what i swear there's a kid outside just screaming at the top of his lungs
0: (laughs) (laughs) so that's totally
1: gonna freak people out because we're talking about a little boy getting into (laughs) bed with a girl because he's scared
0: Uh. i think it's a little kid screaming it's like the weirdest sound is it like a fun scream or like a a danger scream it just almost sounds mechanical now, too, so I don't really know. Wait, just take a moment, take a moment and listen. Because if this is someone that's in danger, we can't just, bystander effect, we can't do that.
1: It's not someone in danger. They're doing, they're doing work, like, right outside my window. Are you kidding? I think it's like, I think it's mechanical pipes and stuff. Oh, okay. So, we cleanse the photo and sage the apartment. I now keep the photo in a more respectful place, and I haven't had another incident since. So that's from Lucy. And then this one is from Amanda. She says, I have worked in two original repurposed firehouses in Minneapolis. One became a theater and one became a restaurant. Working in the theater, I would often be there late closing up after a production or processing subscriptions and ticketing after everyone else had left the building. The place is old and definitely has its odd sounds, but I would often hear heavy footsteps upstairs when everyone else had left the offices. It got to the point where I would only stay late if I had my dog Callie with me. No joke, one night when Callie and I were there late working on some administrative stuff, I heard the footsteps again upstairs. But this time they were different. There were multiples and they were lighter. And they were accompanied by laughter. Children's laughter.
0: (sighs) So many kids. So many kids involved in this.
1: Wondering if I was hearing the laughing from outside, I took Callie out around the building, but the block was completely abandoned. So we wandered back into the building and up into the offices and rehearsal space to investigate. Nothing but the sinking feeling that I was being watched. I packed my stuff and left for the night. The second firehouse I've worked in is a restaurant. All of the wine is kept in the basement in a perfectly temp- perfectly creepy basement closet. One quiet evening, I didn't have much going on in the restaurant, so I decided to stock some wine from the basement. Went down there to grab wine, and while my arms were full of bottles, I not only heard, but felt someone whisper near my ear. <laughs> in the basement. No thanks. I spun around and no one was there. I checked every nook and cranny of the basement to see if one of the cooks was fucking with me, but the basement was empty. With every hair standing up on the back of my neck, I brought the wine upstairs and told my
0: coworkers what happened. No one believed me. It happened. What the hell? People need to stop saying they don't believe other people. Just because it's scary doesn't mean it didn't happen.
1: I know. And then also I just wonder... Because they're repurposed firehouses. So I wonder why they were kids in the first one.
0: I don't know. Unless, I don't know. I mean, what were they before the firehouse? And we know that... That's true. The spirits aren't necessarily attached to one location. Like, yeah, they can there are people that around. have been in my house for years and years, mostly just because I think they feel comfortable there, but not because they were on the land or owned the land or owned the home. Right. I like the
1: idea of them just really enjoying movies and they just sit in the theaters and watch
0: everything. Yeah, Or maybe it's not even movies, just theaters. Watching plays. And the first story, too, of the little boy being scared and crawling into bed kind of reminded me of when at my house when the dog was scared and jumped into bed with my mom. Yeah. I mean, it's sad and
1: devastating, but I like the idea of a mother, like, her energy being attached to a photo of her son. I think it's so sweet. That is very sweet. But tragic at the same time, like all that grief and being like, this is my child. Like he belongs to be somewhere more special than just on the shelf of oddities.
0: I just watched The Greatest Showman. So every time you say oddities, I'm just thinking of like Zac Efron and Zendaya. <laughs> but spirits have feelings too. You should consider them and
1: always treat them with kindness. Unless they're dark and evil. And then you say, get the hell out.
0: Get out. You get out of here right now. (laughs) Just like that, you sucked your lips in, and so it was just your teeth.
1: Yeah, and then you freak them out. Same with, like, serial killers. You start doing weird shit, and then they're like, uh, I don't want to possess her. She's too weird for me. As soon as
0: they think that you're crazier than that they are, they'll, they'll bounce, you know? They'll bounce. Okay. Hopefully. Okay. You're up. This is called Was I Almost Possessed? Oh, this should be good. Oh. Hi, lovely ladies. Let me just quickly say thank you so much for starting this podcast. I finally feel like I found my people. That's really sweet. As scary as some of the things you girls talk about are, I always feel so cozy, like listening to ghost stories around the campfire with a group of friends. That's exactly Mm. what we wanted. Okay. I have always been very sensitive to the paranormal compared to the rest of my family. Growing up in what I believe was a very spiritually active house, I had always been terrified of the dark and being left by myself, more so when I was younger. My family always thought it was because I was the baby of the family and I was just simply a little pussy. LOL. Their words, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I think I was always scared because I knew there was something else in the house with us. I would always see shadows, hear footsteps, and strange voices. My name being whispered, see curtains and leaves of fake plants move as if someone was walking by and felt my bed sink down as if someone was sitting at the end of my bed with me. I have had nightmares from a very young age, even before watching horror movies, which I would avoid watching like the plague because it was just all too real for me. Now I live off of them. I was the same way. That's exactly me. That's why I was so terrified of everything as a kid. She said, even though I cover my eyes 99% of the time, I felt like something was trying to communicate with me or torment me. Because of my sensitivity, I have been able to determine whether a, quote, visitor is a positive, gentle spirit just passing through or an evil darkness, and unfortunately, the evil darkness liked to linger around me. Fast forward to 10 plus years later, when I was 17 years old, where my experience with the evil spirit reached its peak. I was going through some pretty major personal things. I wasn't in the best frame of mind, and the haunting and torment was getting really bad. I was constantly hearing things in my room. There was a constant presence that never seemed to leave me alone. I became an insomniac because I didn't ever want to close my eyes. I would sleep with my light on or the TV on just to drown out sound and shadows. Oh my gosh. Things started to get a little better, or at least I decided to move past the fear. So I switched my light and lamp off, and I tried to fall asleep in the dark. I had been doing this for a few nights, so I was finally starting to feel a lot more comfortable. So on this particular night, I closed my eyes, and on the brink of almost falling asleep, I heard my bedroom door open and close. Someone had entered my room. I opened my eyes immediately, and I looked around the room. I thought, because of how clearly I heard my door open and close, that it must have been my sister. Once my eyes adjusted to the dark, I saw a figure at the end of my bed, and I called out to it. Rose? No response. Still, the figure stood at the end of my bed. Rose, piss off. Don't try to scare me. What do you want? At this point, I was almost laughing because of how scared I was. I was frozen. I had my floor (laughs) lamp right next to my bed, but I couldn't bring myself to actually move to switch it on. It definitely wasn't my sister. It just stood there at the end of my bed. I finally mustered up the strength to switch my lamp on, and as soon as the light flooded the room, the figure was gone. I was shaking. I felt like I was going to throw up because as much as I was used to experiencing spirits, it had never been as clear and physical as this. I calmed myself down after a few hours, deciding that nothing else had happened, so maybe it would be okay to try to sleep again. I also wanted to stay awake long enough to make sure that I wasn't dreaming. I switched my lamp off, completely tucked myself tight into my blankets, only leaving enough space to breathe, and I tried to fall asleep. I started to shiver. Tingles went from the top of my head down to the tip of my toes. I wasn't cold. I didn't feel anything but this intense shaking. It felt like pins and needles running down my body, and as it was happening, I could hear laughter deep inside my ears as if a group of girls were screaming their laughter into my ears. I don't know how long the laughter and shivers lasted. It could have been two seconds or two hours, but honestly, I was fucking terrified. Again, nothing like this has ever happened to me before. It felt pure evil. I'm not a religious person, but I prayed so hard that night. I just prayed for protection and for strength and the laughter was slowly dying out because I was using all my strength not to listen to it. The shivering abruptly stopped too, so I ninja-switched the lamp on again, and I didn't sleep a wink again that (laughs) night. I believe I was being targeted during this time because of how mentally and emotionally broken I was. When I finally decided I had to be strong for myself again, it wanted to bring me back down. I don't know if you can call this a possession, but it definitely felt like something was trying to get in. It was the most demonic thing I've ever experienced. I recently moved out of that house. I'm 26 now after living in it almost my entire life. And it feels like a massive weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. I still have my sensitivity and still have paranormal experiences, but not as intense as it was in that house. Thank you for reading. Thank you for believing. Lots of love. Ray. Wow.
1: (sighs) I definitely agree with her. And I think when you're mentally less strong, things feed off of that and like like you being in that position or state of mind. I know. Oh, that's so scary. It sounds like something is dark in her home. Yeah,
0: yeah. And now I'm wondering, too, because she moved out, but obviously she's going to visit holidays and whatnot. I wonder if anything will happen again. Not to scare her, but like, you know, if she's missing and then she comes back, if it will overexcite the being. I hope not. I hope not, too. I hope not, too. It sounds like she's in a better spot now. But, oh, my gosh. It's almost like uh, it's, just so, ooh, it's just so scary. I'm just trying to picture if I woke up and I just saw a figure standing at the edge of my bed. And we've all woken up before and thought we saw things. And then when your eyes adjust, you're like, oh, shoot, that's just my shoe rack or that's my fan or whatever.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking of the time that you thought there was a firefighter ghost on your shoe rack massive (laughs) your eyes play tricks on you especially in the dark and then you start running all these scenarios through your head and it
0: gets scarier and more terrifying and then you can't sleep i need to put the microphone to the window so you guys can hear the rain i wish i could hear it You'll hear it in the recording. The rain and wind is so bad today. And I feel so bad for everyone running the Boston Marathon because that's today too. I know that's,
1: oh, that sounds so miserable. But
0: Anyway, back to Ray's, Ray's story. Um I don't know if I've already told you this or said what? this on the podcast, but Ray just talking about trying to be strong again to, to handle her emotions and whatnot and how it kind of... Right minimized what the presence could do to her something you know what happened but something really horrible in my personal life happened with a friend and i had also watched demon house in the same week and i just got so nervous that me being so upset by what happened would allow something else in so i have been i have been trying to put off the most neutral vibes ever and like not really talk about what happened (laughs) and not think about what happened because i'm just like if I cry or if I'm upset or if I'm angry, something's going to get me.
1: I understand your fear, but
0: I think there's also, I think, harm in keeping things like that in. Well, I wouldn't have kept it in had I not watched Demon House and I had my phone say 66666 and my laundry basket knocked over. <laughs> like, it's only I was telling Marissa about this, too, and she was like, it's so funny that y- something that would be really hard to get over you're getting over faster just because you watch demon house and you're scared that something's gonna possess you i care more about the potential demon than my own relationships of this world so if you have any issues just go watch demon house or something scary and you'll forget all about it
1: and move past it
0: oh shit there are bigger problems in this life (laughs) like demons demons ain't nobody got time for that nope so i'm i'm moving to beacon hill in like months from now i signed a lease for september (gasps) Yay! um but i just like beacon hill's so old so i'm like (laughs) what if i move in i've had such good luck the past like three years of not living in a house with anything happening in it and i'm nervous that i'm gonna move in and it's gonna be so haunted to be fair
1: you have had some things happen in your current living situation
0: Yes, but I think that those were in relation to either Demon House or the people that were coming into my house. Because when those people aren't present in my life, these things aren't happening.
1: Like we tell all of our listeners, when you move into a new space, it's good to cleanse, do some cleanse of sorts. Yes. Yes,
0: definitely. And And if the saging doesn't work and the cleansing doesn't work, when in doubt, move out. Exactly. There's always some way out. Or you'll just end up possessed.
1: Knock on wood.
0: Hey, but the bright side of being possessed is we'll research you and do you as our topic. Exactly. So everyone get possessed. Not. Not. <laughs> Remember when you were a little kid and you'd just cross your fingers behind your back? Yes. Or like, then
1: they always said, like, if you cross two, it, like, It It actually like
0: voids it. Yeah. It cancels it out. I hated when people were like, I'm crossing my toes. I'm like, that's gross. You shouldn't be able to cross your toes. Oh, I can do that. Really? I can't. I think it's also just because I have
1: foot issues. Like my toes pop out of the sockets all the time.
0: It's really gross. Okay. My mom made me self conscious about my feet because I've got really wide feet and she used to call them Fred Flintstone feet. (laughs) Oh. But the bright side Even though this is also like a gross thing, is since they're so wide, I kind of have some space and I can, like a monkey, like pick stuff up when I drop it on the ground. (laughs) That is a talent to put on your resume, Corinne. I've already added it and I've gotten a few calls. Can we put you in the zoo, please? There's a circus performing. If anyone's in the Boston area, the Big Apple Circus I saw is at Assembly in Somerville. I'm thinking about going. Going or performing? Well, if they'll have me, I would love to perform. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll drop my pencil and then pick it up with my toes, and everyone will be like, "Ooh!" Ah! And start clapping.
1: <laughs> Ta-da! Okay, I have one more story. Okay, if we want to wrap it all up,
0: we can. We can do that. Okay. This is
1: from Dom. He writes, "Dear Corinne and Sabrina, first allow me to commend you for creating such a wonderful podcast. I have to say." This is, like, the most legit email we've ever gotten. It, like, has the date at the top left hand. It has a regarding and, like, the two dots and it's two girls, one goes podcast. Is there
0: an electronic watermark?
1: There may as well well be. I feel like this is a professional announcement. I am only a few episodes in, but already your show is becoming one of my all-time favorites. You combine spine-chilling stories, exhaustively researched topics, and a wonderful light and humorous tone into your something truly special – Please keep up the solid work. My podcast stream would suck without your show. It's
0: so nice. You know what? I never get sick of compliments. <laughs> I have to Seriously. say Seriously. I have to say it. Every single time someone is like, thank you so much. I'm like, oh, this means so much. It warms my heart. I'm so glad. It just makes me happy. Yeah. Never get sick I of it. I cry.
1: Now enough with the pleasantries. We're here to be scared, right? <laughs> right. The story I shall relate to you today has not been my only encounter with the paranormal, but it was the most unnerving. To this day, I am unable to explain my experience except to say that it was something truly out of this world. I grew up on Brookside Place, which is located in a blue-collar neighborhood in New Rochelle, New York. It's a small city that sits on the Long Island Sound and touches the North Bronx. I lived across the street from my grandmother, and her house was like my second home. She is a classic old-school Italian grandma, a true saint of a woman who helped raise me. I had some great memories in that house, but this isn't about those. This is about the Wolfman of Brookside Place. What? Ooh, I'm so excited.
0: I know. I don't know anything about this. This is so legit. it just sounds so cool.
1: It happened on a rainy Saturday afternoon. I was about 10 years old and was spending the day at grandma's house so my parents could get some shopping done. As with most suburban Italian immigrant households, my grandma's basement was a central hub of the house. It was fully furnished and finished basement, and there was nothing creepy or weird about it. There was a kitchen, a laundry room, a dining room, a living room, a dry bar, an office, and a wine cellar, where we had a press that my grandfather used to make wine, as well as hang homemade sausages to dry. Oh my god, yum. Well, for you. Now, this may sound lavish, but the house itself is small. The basement, though, is mostly underground and extended way out from the house, making it much larger than the house itself. The basement was the hangout spot, and that's where I spent most of my time when I was there. Grandma was folding laundry in her bedroom, and Grandpa was doing work in the garage, so being bored to tears, I decided to go play in the basement. I get to the bottom of the stairs, and as I'm about to cross into the main room, I decided to take a look into the mirror that was hanging on the wall facing the kitchen. Uh, the door to the laundry room was open and peering around the corner at me was this horrible hairy face it was a man with long hair and a long ratty beard his eyes were wild and his lips were curled back over his crooked teeth forming an awful grin i was rooted to the spot fear gagging me like ammonia fumes finally i spun around to face him and he was gone I screamed so loud that my grandparents thought I was dying. I ran up the stairs as fast as I could right into the arms of my startled grandma. I told her there was a man in the basement. My grandpa came running into the house, having heard me all the way from the garage. My grandma repeated to him what I had just told her. An evil look came over his face. He dashed back out to the garage and came back with a hatchet. He ran down the stairs without saying a word. And after about 10 minutes, he came back up and said no one was there. They both figured I was tired or something. So, Grandpa told me to come hang out in the garage with him and help him work. They, they were both very kind to me, and I'm very grateful for the way they handled the situation, but I knew what I saw. Alright, here comes a really creepy part. Hold to hold on to your butts. Okay. Corinne, are you holding I'm yours? I'm holding my
0: tush. There's not much to hold, but <laughs> I've got both sides in one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen or so years go by, and life
1: moves on. One day, I find myself talking to their neighbor, whose nickname is The Horn. We got to talking about the neighborhood, and The Horn told me a story about my grandparents' house that made me begin to question everything I knew about reality. He asked me if I knew anything about my grandparents' house before they lived there. Lived there. When I told him I didn't, he smiled and said, Do I have a story for you then? <laughs> okay. In the early 1950s, when I was a boy, a family lived in your grandparents' house. There was a father who was in his 80s and an infirm, a son who was in his late 30s and severely mentally challenged. and a daughter who was in her early 50s and cared for the other two us kids referred to the son as the wolfman of brookside place because of his big bushy beard wild hair and the way he muttered and growled to himself when he walked around the neighborhood one night the whole neighborhood was awoken by screams everyone ran out of their houses to see what was the matter and i watched from my bedroom window as the daughter ran screaming from the house covered in blood and collapsed out on the front lawn My father ran inside and called the police another neighbor came out with a blanket and draped it over the poor, poor woman kneeling beside her and probably trying to calm her down from what I was told by my father who came into the room and told me to close the blinds and get some sleep. The officers officers had entered the home and found the father's body laid out on his bed. He had been bludgeoned to death with a hammer and was laying on the bed next, which was laying on the bed next to him. Upon finding him, the sister must have had tried to revive him and then lost her mind and ran out screaming. The police searched the house for the brother who was unaccounted for at the time, and when they reached the basement, they heard a strange sound coming from the direction of the laundry room. They entered the room with their guns drawn, and there stood the son, motionless and covered in blood, growling. He was led away in handcuffs. Neither the son nor the daughter were seen again. A few months after the murder, my grandparents, brand new to the States, moved in. I promised that I had no idea about this incident or the family that occupied my grandparents' house previous to them when I had my encounter with whatever that was in the basement. Also, the son did not die in the house, so why would he be haunting it? Anyway, thank you for reading. I hope you don't lose too much sleep on account of my story. All the best. Sincerely, yours, Dom. P.S. I don't condone calling mentally disabled people names. I only refer to the brother in the story as the Wolfman to preserve the authenticity of the story. All human beings deserve to be treated with respect, period. PPS RIP grandpa I'll see you in
0: Valhalla. wow this is both s- yeah just so sad and then also so terrifying because he was severely right. handicapped it sounds like and when someone's right. in that position they don't quite understand what's going on and so it makes me really sad to to just know that this boy the the wolf man did something right without understanding what he was doing and then in turn lost one of the only two people that were in his life and taking care of him who loved
1: him yeah and it i mean from the way the story goes it sounds like the police found him kind of like broken downstairs in the basement like he was howling and like maybe had some type of realization Mm. of what had happened yeah, it's really, it's heartbreaking. And, I mean, I wonder if he's haunting that home. Sorry, haunting's not, haunting's never the correct word when it's a situation like this. But if I wonder if he's, his spirit is still in the home because of his realization of what he's done or if that's the one place he ever truly felt loved and, and at home. And also, too,
0: it seems like just based on the fact that there are so many spirits present still it seems like it might be quite confusing to cross over at times so maybe he didn't quite know how to move on oh i just had a heartbreaking thought too what if he's looking for his dad and his sister so sad but also so terrifying for him as a little kid in his grandparents house like the dom so scary for dom to not know anything about this and see a grown man down in the basement peering out looking at you and he was just like a bored
1: little kid like i want to go hang in the basement and then nope because then that induces fear of every mm. basement ever after that which we all know they're already terrifying what is as it is. what
0: is it about basements maybe because they're c-
1: closer to like the ground and the energy in the earth, bodies are buried and
0: yeah i don't know i don't know either I don't get
1: it. I bet you there is a reason someone will tell us.
0: People in California don't have basements, so no one over there has to worry. I know. That's true. I do feel bad for them, though. That was the one thing when I moved out to California. It's Houses are so much smaller there because you don't have that kind of bonus floor of the basement.
1: The extra storage, the hangout space for when you have parties in high school yeah the craziest thing for me coming to California or Los Angeles specifically was every time I'd like go outside or drive around I'd be like oh my god that hill is so
0: probably so cool for kids when it snows and like (laughs) sledding on it and then I'd be like oh wait they never get that no no actually there was one time where I was already living out in California and in Burbank it snowed for like five minutes what? Yes, it did. It swear to God oh, I was there. That's crazy.
1: Well, guys, it's been another Encounters.
0: It has. It. We did it. It's done. We did it. We, you we guys did, did it. it. You guys did this for us. Thank you. These are the easiest episodes because we don't have to do any research. <laughs> you guys tell the stories. We just are... Read them. The we chance. try our best to
1: read, which always proves difficult
0: there's plenty of editing that you don't know happens (laughs) there's a lot of stuttering there's a lot of rereading the same sentence five times but in the end you get to hear a clearer version (laughs) than what we actually recorded we'll one day be professionals and speak good i can't speak good it gives me anxiety just like you know when you're a little kid and you had to do popcorn in English class. <gasps> yes.
1: Oh man, I hated it. I'd always sit there like nervous and like I almost wouldn't follow along because you just were waiting for someone
0: to say your name. I know, and then you'd I would always I wouldn't listen to what the other person was actually reading. I would just try to reread the paragraphs that were ahead just in case someone popcorned me. To so be prepared. That yeah. I would have already read it and was prepared.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Don't I still do those remember to your students.
0: the word colonel is spelled like colonel. And oh yes. Freaking said it wrong. Oh, oh
1: man, what was it? There was one thing I said really stupid once in like a biology class, and it was like a sexual word. But I said it, or it was not a sexual word, but I said it in the sexual way. <laughs> I can't even remember what the word is. But I, I was actually talking about this this weekend, like the traumatizing memories that you have in your childhood that you'll never forget. Yeah. Mine was when two boys told me I had terrible sideburns, and so I went home and shaved them.
0: Oh my gosh, Sabrina! People are mean. People are so mean. I know. How? Ugh. Fuck them.
1: (laughs) I also had a boy who wouldn't hug me because he thought my armpits were too hairy.
0: (laughs) Wait, did you have hairy armpits?
1: I'm a hairy person.
0: I'm Middle Eastern and Italian. Of course I'm hairy. I don't know. I just... My mom is Portuguese, so she was very hairy. So me growing up, the second I was like, I don't want this hair, she's like, let's do it. Tell us. I literally had shaved my armpits that morning, and it
1: was a guy I had a crush on, and he was such a butthead. That's very rude.
0: Well, our toes are weird, and we're two hairy girls. This has been two girls, one ghost. Two girls, lots of hair. (laughs) Please email us Your stories at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And we have social media. We have Facebook. We have a Facebook page that you can like.
1: Um we have a Facebook group that you can join. It's private, so you just have to answer two questions and join it. And then you can post anything and everything you want.
0: Um as long as you respect everyone. And also if you do something cool like do a really cool drawing for us or get a tattoo or just anything that you want us to possibly share on our Instagram. You should also post it on Instagram. If that is titillating to you, the idea of having one of your things shared possibly.
1: Yeah. So we have Instagram and Twitter uh, to search TGOG podcast or two girls, one ghost podcast. We should come up and then uh, please rate and review us on iTunes.
0: Oh my gosh. Wait, sorry. This is, I know we're wrapping up, but I had to explain to my dad what our podcast name, like, wh- why it's funny. <laughs> so awkward. He was like, oh. Oh, Nick says every
1: time he talks about it at work, he just feels super uncomfortable. He's like, this is not a workplace thing to say. I can't say it without laughing. I know. But I'm so proud of it. I I, I really love it.
0: <laughs> I was going through our list because we still have that Google Doc where we came up with like 70 different name options. Yeah. And I'm glad we settled on the one that we have.
1: It really sticks out.
0: It does. You can't forget it.
1: No. Okay, guys. Okay.
0: Well, we will see you you on the other side. side.